welcome to the Six Degrees of John Keel podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Barbara Fisher. Today I'm talking with Kate Ray. Hello, Hi, Kate. Hi, thank you for asking me along. It's um, it's quite exciting because it's not that long since I spoke to you, really. So, um, And I just wanted to mention right at the very beginning that you've inspired me to sit down and, and get the paints out again um, and do some artwork. So thank you for that. You shared your lovely artwork and uh, it, was de- de- it was definitely an inspiration to me. Well, excellent. I, that's that's one of the favorite things I have about doing art is I get other people to do yeah. art. It makes me yeah. happy. So good. So what else are you up to these days? And, and besides, um, art? should I just run through a little bit about sort of the things? Because I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm yeah, kind of yeah, a, the thing, the, yeah. who you are, what you do. I'm kind of a yeah. wide tapestry, I think. I think that's probably how you put it. Jack of uh, Jack of all trades, master of none, um, is another way of putting it. Um, so I, I think probably the the overarching thing is I am here in the UK. I'm a, a paranormal investigator with a a nationwide uh, paranormal group called uh, Ghost Finder Paranormal. And for those guys over there, I, I know you get it over in, in the States, um, uh, the lead um, investigator of my group is Barry Guy, who is on Help My House is Haunted. Um, so I just thought I'd chuck that in there. Uh, so so the paranormal investigator kind of overarches most, most things. Um, I think like yourself, um, I've got a very broad 14 brief in life. So uh, I write for uh, a, a magazine over here that's a, an international magazine now called Haunted Magazine. Um, I've recently had my first bu- book published. Um, I, I do bits of art and I do bits of craft. So that's that's kind of the overarching themes of, of who I am and, and, and what I do. So what's the name of your book? So the na- the name of my book, and it always makes me giggle, and I'll tell you the story about why it makes me giggle, but the, the name of the book is Woolly Snots, which is centred around the case of the Woolerton Gnomes. Now, I know that you spoke to Neil Rushton, my co-host, um, about uh, the Woolerton Gnomes, so I'm sure people will be able to find what he said about it. And... Um, one of the things that we have been doing over the last two years is collaborating as a team, looking at that particular case, which is a true case in, in the UK, of a group of children who came across 60 gnomes in hovering cars. And while we're being all serious and academic about it, we were putting together papers, we were doing the research, we were um, sort of digging around on the fringes of, of the case. I had this niggle all the time that there were things that weren't being answered that only the gnomes could give me answers to. And when I sat sat down, uh, I'd actually sat down to write a more academic book about uh, fairies in general and what they mean to uh, the paranormal community. And this book kept bugging me. And the questions that I I was asking were being literally answered (laughs) by the gnomes I don't mean physicality of the gnomes being in 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 the room with me but there was definite imagery and terminology that was coming from outside of my uh, repertoire if you like it's um, I sent Neil it uh, over the manuscript when when I'd done the first draft and he genuinely said if I'd have received this, because he, he, he looks at manuscripts for people, he said, if I'd have seen this and 
I would not have said that it was you who had written it because even the language is very, very different in this book. So, yeah, I, I was visited by the gnomes for that one. That's beautiful. <laughs> you know, okay, so the episode I just posted yesterday is me talking with uh, author Josh oh, Kutchin. Oh, love Josh. And it's about his book that's coming out in three days, uh, his first fiction novel called Them Old Ways Never Died. Uh, I edited it, so I've read it two and a half times now. And we were talking, he was talking about how he wanted to have the experience of characters and a story telling him what to write. Wow. Refusing to go in the direction he wanted to go. Um, he considers himself to be like paranormal kryptonite out on physical uh, mm -hmm. jaunts, you know, and investigation. He, he says, you know, nothing ever happens when he goes out that, you know, there's, there's a, a, an improbability field that just solidifies around him into probability field and nothing, nothing can penetrate it. So he decided, if I try to write fiction, maybe it will happen, which is what happened. And his fiction involves fairies, and you're talking about talking with the gnomes. So did you say, gnomes, I want to know, or did you just sort of have these ideas in your head, these questions floating around, and then the answer came in? Can you, yeah. can you talk about so that? Uh, we were writing as a collective, uh, like I say, a, a much more academic uh, body of work, and it, it's accumulated into a book called The Woolerton Gnomes. Um, and m my essay in that was looking at um, there are some very, very strange key uh, moments in that encounter that were so strange. When I came, I, I came across the case when I was in, in my teens. And I live in the area, uh, so it was something that, you know, was, um, I suppose, talked about, uh, you know, right mm -hmm. into the 80s. And I remember thinking how utterly ridiculous it was because of these key themes. For instance, the gnomes turned up in hovering cars and um, mm -hmm. they the, the children could see them, but it was dusk and then dark and they could still see them. So there were lots of little questions and I, I was sort of, trying in this essay to to fathom out why these ridiculous elements had come into play was it you know the psycho uh, psychology of the kids what were they exposed to culturally how they got this imagery and i started being given answers one of my first questions in my mind was why nottingham and why that particular park and they gave me the name woolly snots which sounds ridiculous, but it's as ridiculous as the story. So Nottingham, where the, the country park is, had the name Snottingham many, many years ago. And it relays to the fact that um, right, right up until, I suppose, past medieval times, people lived underground in man-made caves. So that was the snot part that they dubbed themselves snots. And the woolly was because of Woolerton Park. So it was shortened into the Woolly Snots. And that popped into my head, sounded ridiculous. And I ran it by Neil and I said, I've come up with a title. 
for, for, for the book. And he said, that's ridiculous. And I said, I know it's a ridiculous title. And it does, it kind of, it works because it says you don't understand the title until you get into the book. Um, but seeing mm-hmm. it as a title, I, I still giggle and think that is, that is just not a title I would pick. It's, it's ridiculous as a title. And then from there on in, it took me seven days to write the book. Believe me, I have never written so many words, not even when I was at university have I written that many words, let alone in seven days. And every time I got to a different part of the story, I didn't know where where it was going. I would pause for a minute and I would be given an image of, and it'd be like, yes, that that's it. So I wasn't scrabbling about, I, I didn't ponder on anything too long. I, it was just instant sort of visuals. And these characters that came into play, they all had the part in telling me different sides of the culture of the gnomes and the history of them and um, their life in the park and their interactions with humans. They all took sort of a responsible role. It was so bizarre. And one of the things that I found when I was writing, it was almost like automatic writing. I I would be scribbling because I hand, hand wrote it. I would be scribbling away and my eyes would be flickering and I couldn't see the page. I knew I was right what letters I was writing and what words, but I couldn't see at times what I was writing. It was coming in that thick and fast and I've never experienced that. It was crazy. Wow. Mm. Wow. That's that's really interesting. Mm. That's yeah. So were they still images or was was there movement? Uh, Definitely movement, very animated. I mean, some of the scenes um, were very, very animated, um, cinematic, uh, not not huge dramatic cinematic, but yeah, and, and very, um, very playful. There was a very playful energy around. And I felt right up until uh, probably a week after finishing the book, uh, the book was published very, very quickly. That was a serendipitous moment of, of the biggest degree um i was talking on the phone to um an, an an agent for a guest that we wanted on on our show and he just at the end of a conversation just casually asked oh so what what you're doing what's your day job what you're doing with your life and i said i've been taken over with writing this book you know it's consuming me and he said oh i've got a publishing company I'd, you know i'd like to have a look at it and he was like what <laughs> It was absolutely crazy. Um, so I, I didn't know what I was doing. I didn't know you had to write sort of a, a brief of the book to send it off to. But I had no idea of the publishing uh, context. And when they first saw it, they said, yeah, there's a lot of sort of gnome fairy books out there. You know, it's um, and then I, I, I wrote out I was adamant. I was like, no, you're going to love it. And so I wrote down all the all the key points of, of the book and they said, yep, we're on it. We, we've got it. Um, and I'd done the illustration for the front cover and they said, are you going to illustrate the rest of the book? And I said, I hadn't thought about it. So I, I spent frantic evenings like doing sketches and, you know, it, it was, it was, it's just been such a crazy process. But up until even two weeks after, I felt like the names were around it, it, energetically. I, I feel like I'd kind of invoked this energy um and very playful very mindful but um 
yeah, just just it was lovely. It was it was a lovely. It's been a lovely time. It's been a lovely time. That's amazing. I love that story. Oh it's my crazy. god! Even if I know, even if your book hadn't come out, just the whole story of how you you wrote it and uh, the invocation of the energy of the gnomes and and how they were individuals, you know, not just one head gnome that talked with you. That's that you could distinguish their their yes. language you know, their personality from how they spoke. That's amazing. And and I love stories that are like this, that um, especially people who talk about, you know, one of their characters, they try to make them do this, that, or the other thing in a novel, and it just doesn't work. You know, they, they write it down, and 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 then the the character either stops being easy to write and just, you know, highs off, says, well, I'm done with you. Or every time you sit down to write, they write themselves into the place where they wanted to be. And it, every author I've spoken with has said, it always is better than what I tried to make it happen. <laughs> when I tried to make happen what I thought should happen, and then, you know, they write themselves and then you go, well, okay, you were right. You were right all along. De definitely. And I mean, this is, this is nonfiction doing the same thing, which is fascinating. Yeah. I mean, it, it was, it, it was incredible. There were some bits that I just, I could not have even imagined how to get my head around it. Just the key, key point of hovering cars. How did they make them hover? What was the background to them, to them building up to having hovering cars? You know, cars and gnomes tended not to sit well with me, you know, nature spirits and having these things that were, you know, seen as very human and disturbing to the environment. And I did, I couldn't, I could not have mulled that over for a lifetime and come out with the, the, the information that was coming through from, from somewhere else. And I know it sounds really hippy dippy and really, but it, it was an incredible experience. Absolutely incredible. Um, I have got a, a plan to write, um, at least two or three other books, not um, on the gnomes, but other phenomena, true phenomena. And the next one that's niggling at me, I'm very wary because the character in that is a very different energy. And having that energy invoked um, it, into into my environment is, is something that I'm very wary of. I could understand that. I can very much understand that. Yeah. But that, this is just so exciting. <laughs> <laughs> I had no idea that we were going to go back to the Wallington Gnomes because, you know, the, again, that's one of my favorite ones. You know, I read it as a kid and was like, oh, really? Yeah. You know? It is. It <laughs> that's so cool. <laughs> well, I, I didn't think it was cool up until recently and I started investigating it more as an adult. Um, it kind of got a renaissance mm -hmm. over here uh, probably about three years ago. There was a, a, a lovely guy called uh, Dan Green who was working with Dr. Simon, um, Simon Young and they had been trying to trace people involved in, in the case. Um, and I started looking at it a bit more seriously um, and what it meant. I mean, the fascinating thing for me is um, Nottinghamshire as a county is fairly devoid of uh, myths and legends. It's, it is dominated by Robin Hood. 
you know that that's it yeah that's yeah. it you know standing stones we've got very two minor standing stones in the whole of the county there's no burial um chambers there's nothing of any great ancient notoriety other than the woodland and just to have the woolerton gnomes and to be able to grasp it as as part of the folklore of the county is i find that incredibly important and um, i've been really honored um, i approached the school the original school that the children came from uh, and i approached them and said you know i've written this book would you like me to come in and do a, a talk to the kids and um they they have took me on as their author ambassador for a year so oh that's it's, uh, it's just it's great so it's um and uh, talking to the headmistress about it it's not the headmistress that was there when obviously in the mm -hmm. original case but uh, she was saying that um one of the things that was exciting her about the project was that children read but they seem to have lost the the magic in reading and she's hoping by having an author ambassador come in that they'll be able to see human beings write this you know it's not like the internet that's got that cold front that it's it's a human magic import imparted um through through the words mm -hmm. so um yeah that that should be a fun fun year next year that's that's beautiful and it goes exactly with what i just wrote yesterday for the for the podcast that i put up yesterday where i talked about the enchantment that comes with writing and with reading and how language is by its very nature yes. magical um and language shapes our minds it shapes our culture uh and it it really shapes the way we experience yeah. the world and that's where uh high strangeness comes in because some sometimes we don't have a word for for something that we experience you know when the when the boggle threshold is real high and it's something really really strange well you what do you say <laughs> <laughs> if you don't have a word yeah. for it you know i mean i i'm imagining uh someone here in the united states in the 19th century if they had seen for example the flatwoods mm. monster which is the one that has the sort of peaked shaped head kind of thing and it's kind of nipped in around what we'd call a waist and then it has this big skirt i was thinking about it i was like it would have been a yes. witch those bright colors those big eyes the feminine quote unquote shape to it with that skirt it would have been some flying mm. witch thing that then you know made the dog sick and because all of the things that a witch in the 19th century was believed to be able to do you know uh harming animals harming people um fly all of these things i was like mm -hmm. oh wow you know that's what their language would have said it would have said mm -hmm. witch and then a wholly different story would have been told about it totally agree and yeah it would be completely yeah. different a completely different experience and you know when the uh the u.s military got involved and supposedly carted something off or whatever that would have been what it would have been the sheriff you know and and who knows what would have happened because 
you know, what is that? Was was this the the witch's home? This this big thing? You know, how would we get it out? Would they, you know, have horses drag it out, and then the horses would die because of you know we would think radiation, but they would think some noxious spell or something to that effect. So, yeah, I just love the idea that the language that we have changes things. It does, it- and. Yeah, and and that's where the gnomes and cars yeah. get get us. You know, me as a kid, I was like, "That is so cool. Why do the gnomes have cars? Why do the gnomes have cars?" I, the yeah. same question that got you, but with me, it was like, "That's so cool." <laughs> but but why do they have cars? Yeah, yeah, I, that that totally bugged me. That yeah, that was one that really really bugged me. It's interesting that you were saying about the terminology and sort of how past would have interpreted these things i mean that that is fairy altogether you know it's um for me Mm -hmm. um i I see the term fairy whether it be gnomes or sylphs or whatever um as meaning other so it does include characters like that and it does include the cryptozoology because it just means outside the normal um and our terminology with that and our understanding with that culturally is very much narrowed down today, hasn't it? Into and we spoke before about the sort mm-hmm. of, you know, the the, the Disney esque um, characters and the three wishes and the you know the the fairy godmother type of type of thing. But uh, in exclusion, really, to to the whole sort of gambit of of, of fairies. So I think that's coming back though. I think that under mm. it is. It is. I was actually when you when you mentioned fairies, the three wishes, all of that. I thought of Maleficent. Me too. That's bizarre. Because, yeah, yeah because Sleeping Beauty was set. It was it was made in the 1950s. It was my favorite of them. I loved that that art style. I didn't know what it was called when I was really young, but I really really liked it. And she was one of my favorite bad guys because she was a fairy and. And I had read a lot of the 19th century stuff, uh, the green fairy book, the blue fairy book, where they weren't all little tiny, itty bitty, cute, flippery kind of creatures. They they could be gigantic, horrifying. Or from Hans Christian Andersen, the, the Snow Queen was very obviously a fairy slash witch, you know, and she was big and powerful and scary. And so... I, you know, Maleficent, the the three wishes. Have you seen the Disney uh, Maleficent that has Angelina Jolie play her? I've, I've not seen in, the movie, but I've, I have seen the imagery from that, and that's what I, that's what pops into my head. And I just, I, I actually had the thought of how many people equate that character being a fairy, because I haven't seen I haven't seen yeah. the movie. So is she referenced as as fae in that? Uh yes 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 she had Mm -hmm. wings she had had wings and she was the guardian of the forest fairies and all of the like satyrs and and centaurs and all of the creatures that lived in the in the forest she was originally their guardian and it explains how she turned into the evil fairy it's actually a really good movie i went into it thinking Oh my God, this is going to suck. Oh God, really? And then I sat there and went, oh, oh. And my husband did the same thing. We're looking at each other going, 
Well, that just shows us that we need to stop being so darn, mm -hmm. you know, judgmental about everything. <laughs> <laughs> it is really, really good. So if you get a chance to to stream it, it's it's okay. worth watching. Yeah, because usually they, they are... I mean, I'll, I'll confess, I haven't had a TV for probably 15 years, and I'm very, very choosy about um, about sort of what I, what I do watch. And, and I have been in the past highly disappointed. I'm trying to think what, what was the last thing that I watched that I just, in that sort of genre, that I just, it's probably erased from my mind. When somebody, you know, somebody's told me, it's, it's good, it's good, and then I've just watched it and gone, no. Well, you know, everybody has one of those friends who always tells you something's good and then you watch it. And you're like, mm. <laughs> oh, I know which one it was. It was the it was Norseman. Ah, uh, yeah. Mm, yeah. I mean, I could watch it. I didn't want to like, you know, run away screaming, but I wasn't like, yeah. oh, you know. <laughs> yeah, I wanted that to be epic and it wasn't. Yeah. 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 I, I felt that. But everybody has a friend, though, that has taste in, in movies and music that is, you love them anyway, yeah. right? <laughs> you always love your friend yeah. anyway, even if they tell you something is great and you, you're sitting there going. <laughs> mm. <laughs> so... So what kind of what kind of investigations do you do besides with yeah. Um so I, 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 um, I, I kind of fell into the paranormal um, investigation side of it. I, I've been a massive uh, fan of all things strange since I, since I was very, very small. But I grew up being uh, irrationally um, to the point of being phobic of ghosts and, um, and, and poltergeists. And I'd had a, a couple of experiences as a child, nothing too big, you know, just feelings and periphery uh, movement and things. But it, it, it got to the point where um, I was absolutely terrified. I lived in an incredibly haunted house. Um, when I was older, I lived in a house on my own. And um, it, it just it wasn't something that I ever really wanted to do. It, I, I used to read 14 Times magazine and get to the ghost watch bit, which is about, you know, sort of famous ghost cases. Mm -hmm. And I couldn't read it because I couldn't sleep for days. It got that. It was that bad. Oh. And it came up to a big marker birthday in my life. Uh, I, have, I was having a conversation with my, my brother and um, he said, you've got to do something. You've got to do something to mark, you know, mark it. And so we talked about bungee jumping or skydiving. We're like, that's not me. You know, it's not my thing. And he simply said, what's the one thing that scares you? And without hesitation, I said poltergeists. And he said, well, you've got to go ghost hunting then. And I'd been once before. I had been once before. Um, and it was uh, just as I'd moved into the property that was a haunted property. So I, I, I it went off the radar. So I went away for a weekend, not on my own, but with a, with a team, um, but on my own, you know, I didn't go with any friends or anything mm -hmm. and spent a weekend in a uh, haunted castle. And I was sat outside before I actually went in for the for the event, um, contemplating whether just to start the car and just to get the hell out of there because I was I couldn't breathe I was having palpitations I was I didn't know what to expect 
by the end of the first night, I was like a seasoned investigator. I was calling out. <laughs> but I've, I've seen that happen so many times to people who've come with us on events that have been petrified of it. And then they suddenly get this confidence, you know, of this is what I've came for. I've got to face this. You know, I want to see something. I, I, I want to be able to face it and to face my fears. And things happened very, 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 very quickly. Um, I didn't plan on being a, a, a paranormal investigator, um, but it, it just happened so quickly. I had gone to, I decided from then, I, I, this story is going to go all over the place because it's quite complicated, but I decided it was my 40th birthday that, that I made that decision. So I decided I was going to do 40, 40 in experiences at 40. So in between, yeah, in between the ages of 40 and 50, I wanted simply 40 experiences so I could pace it. It wouldn't be overwhelming. Mm -hmm. And um, so I, I, I went to uh, the first time I went to a spiritual church because I wanted to see platform mediumship. And I met a lady there I was chatting to. She had a small paranormal group uh, that was quite local. And she said, would you like to join us? And I was like, okay then you know get to figure out the equipment and what you do and that was private investigation so um, we started doing private investigation then i went on one of barry guy's events and um i'd, I'd been on a few big events with with another team that are absolutely brilliant called spooktacular but this event um it was it was in a, in a different location that you know most of them were castles and whatnot this was in an old paper mill and i ended up going going on another couple of investigations and on the th i think it was the third investigation i had spoken to barry about um about uh witchcraft there was i, I can't remember the exact details but um uh i i was at, probably at the height of my practicing witchcraft at that point and um, he just said out of the blue, would you like to join the team? And I was a bit like, this is a really big team. I'm in a very, very small team right now. Why not? And I said, yeah, I'd love to, you know, just just grasp the, grasp the moment. And we were at the, um, the West Wickham Hellfire Caves, which is a man-made caving system um, that was, uh, you know, notorious rumoured notorious for uh, demonic activity there was uh, rumoured murders etc and he said I'm going to chuck you in at the deep end I want you to hold seance and literally you know 60 <laughs> people in the inner sanctum of the hellfire caves like <laughs> dropped in and I'm like you can do this Kate you know what you're doing you know you know what you're doing and I, I got over that and I've been with the team ever since. Um, so we predominantly do uh, events for, obviously for, for public, but I don't see them as public because we have a lot of um, a lot of people who come back time and time again. It's like a big family. It's lovely. But mm -hmm. we get to go to some amazing, amazing places. Um, every now and again, we get to we get to do private investigation because of of barry's status it means that we are we have to be very 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 rigid very tight and incredibly ethical when we're homing down for doing private investigation so i've had the privilege of of, of being involved in some of those so yeah that's in a rambling nutshell <laughs> how i became a paranormal investigator that's, that's excellent 
So the the Hellfire Caves are those the Hellfire Club? Is that where they met? Yeah. Oh, so you would cool. love that place. I mean that that is one of the it's, it is one of the the venues that we do regularly. Um, you know we we do mm-hmm. do it sort of two three times a year if not more. And it never ever. I mean when we say it's quiet there, it means that the activity hasn't been sort of way up. Um, but mm-hmm. it it never ever stops. Um, throwing up different things and the the last time we went we were asked by the staff there to go down and do a cleansing after the guests went they had had some company film um i can't i can't remember the details of it but somebody had been filming down there and unbeknownst to the staff there they um they conducted um a a a, a, some kind of demonic uh, incantation Oh, that's yeah, nice. where, where, where you've got this really incredibly dark energy anyway, and this, this company had gone in and they'd actually caught them on CCTV at, right at the end of the ceremony that they were doing and questioned them about it. And they said, oh, yeah, yeah, we'll just see what we could conjure up. Now, it's a highly charged place anyway. You know, it's, it's just going to be something that you do. And um, so they asked us to go down and, and, um, and, and cleanse it. But, uh, yeah, shifting that was not going to be a one one stop shop so people dump energy there people invoke energy there and then there's obviously the energy of the place but it's um it's it can be it can be interesting very interesting yeah yeah that's one of the things as as a witch i've always you know shook my head at is like we have to clean up your mess don't we you you did that didn't you that was you. Yeah. Thanks. Yeah. You know, <laughs> it's like, did you ask the local pagans before yeah. you conjured up Satan? Did you? No, you didn't. Did you? Yeah. Yeah. I live in a, a very haunted county, so th- there's there's people always trying to you know call up this that or the other thing, and you know, Morgana and I and a, and a few other people you know hear about it and then oh, okay we'll just go and do the the cleansy blessy and go you know and go away <laughs> just yep. leave everybody alone no jumping yep. out no scaring people I mean it be- even beggars believe to <laughs> so, me sorry go on go on uh, no go go ahead. I was I was go. just gonna add on to that that it, it, it beggars belief to me when um and when I first started in the paranormal um going out on events uh you know people who were calling out saying you know take energy from me or come and touch me and in my head I was going no 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 and now I actually say no you effing don't <laughs> you don't come near me and my my philosophy is and when people ask why I say no if I was in a pub or a bar I wouldn't stand there and say, does anybody want to come over and touch me? Does anybody want to come and be an energy vampire all evening? It's like, I'm not going to do it to the living. I'm not going to take it from the dead. <laughs> you know, communicate with me reasonably. Yeah. The dead or whatever you are. That's yeah. that's always me. Uh, are you really a dead person? I don't know about <laughs> yeah. that. Okay. <laughs> you know, but yeah, you don't walk into a crowded bar and especially as a woman and scream out you can touch me come and get me (laughs) (laughs) nobody no 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 and it it's one of those things it's it's another thing that that gets me is when people are rude when they do 
investigation, it's like, okay, there, there are a couple choices here, people. One, you believe these are dead mm-hmm. people. So why are you being mm-hmm. mean to them? Do you walk into living people's house and go, oh, screw you, and come see me and talk yeah. to me, you know, and you do yell at them and crap. I'm like, you don't go into somebody's house and yell at them. You get kicked mm-hmm. out that way. And then, you know, that, so that's not cool. Be as kind to dead people as you would be to living people, and I'll talk to yeah. you. Yeah. <laughs> and if you don't, I'm going to say you're a rude and you need to get out. Uh, or you don't believe that they're dead people, that there's something else, possibly of a spiritual nature, possibly more powerful than what a dead person would be. So why are you doing Poking that? in the bath. Yeah, yeah. Hibernating bear. Do you go up to it yeah. and wake it up? No. <laughs> Has it eaten in three months? No. So why are you going to just be like, hey, plate, person, mm-hmm. eat? Yeah. <laughs> it's not what you do. And the third one is, is you don't believe at all, and you're just poking to try to prove to yourself either there is truth to this or there isn't. In which case, that's all about you, not whatever might be there. And you're just being rude to whatever might be there and to the people around you. That's me. Yeah. I, I, I couldn't agree more really I couldn't agree more I mean I do I do I do have theories um, and they are developing theories but um, about why different spirits are interacting on our plane and what uh, one of the things that I find difficult is um, there is I, I believe there is some uh, karmic element to uh, certain souls being, trapped in in what's you know historically been called purgatory so that that kind of between wherever they should be and wherever we are and uh so so another little bugbear for me is uh for instance i went into a uh, a prison it was a closed prison but it had only recently in you know the last sort of uh, 10 15 years closed uh with with a group of guests um and a couple of guests went off uh to do a lone vigil um when i went to find them at the end of the session um they were basically cleansing the place and i said oh what, what are you doing they said oh we're, we're moving these spirits on and i did i had to say to them okay I, i'll give you my view on this okay so this prison was full of murderers and rapists now as part of their karmic journeying and 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 lessons learned they have to they haven't for me got to a place in a space where they've understand the the magnitude of of what they've they've done within in life and you're basically giving them a golden ticket of saying you know we're using our energies we're Mm going to open this next stage up for you we release you and off you go i mean how successful people are in that situation i don't know so there's lots of com- uh, complexities about why spirits can interact, will interact, um, the strength that they can come through and the things that they can do. That It's not just a one cover all of it. It's, you know, Aunt Doris coming back to, to check on you or, you know, sort of granddad flitting around in, in, a, in a kind of stone tape theory. Or um, I think there's lots of complex layers uh, mm-hmm. that not enough people in... Oh, this sounds really conceited, but not enough people in the community actually stop and think about and how you and that that plays into how you communicate. Um, 
communicate. Mm-hmm. So say, for instance, if I'm in a, in a jail, I won't be quite as polite as I would be if I was in a in a residential mm-hmm. property or. Yeah. 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 I'm not always polite to criminals face to face. Good <laughs> not point. Not necessarily going to be polite. Yeah, good point. <laughs> um, although there is something to be said for not riling them up too yeah. much, you know. So yeah, it's it's one of those things. I like your idea of of uh, a karmic debt, and then people. I'm gonna release the spirits that are here. Mm, maybe, maybe yeah. no. Yeah, I mean, um, I, I do like I don't, that. I, I mean, I in my mind, I don't know. Uh, what, is that going to then make things worse for the, for that 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 soul, that spirit? You know, are, are they going to be because they haven't learned that lesson? Are they going to be projected back onto the planet? You know, committing those same crimes or, or or doing the same thing because they haven't processed. Even in death, they yeah. haven't processed. So, boom, they're kind of given a golden ticket and back round they are again to do the same. I don't know. It's fascinating, though. It's fascinating the more you delve into it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The more that you think about uh, the ghosts and spirits of the dead who, for some reason, aren't quite reincarnated or in heaven or however you conceptualize it they're just not where they're Mm -hmm. supposed to be um and then there's so many different uh ideas about that all over the world and then there's the possibility that what you're talking with isn't a ghost it's a jinn um as the muslims say ghosts really the dead only really speak to humans in um dreams because they are allowed to speak with their um, loved ones through dreams from where wherever it is that they are from heaven. Um, and Jin like nothing more than to pretend yeah. to be somebody's loved one and and play games with them. So to me, all of that is just so fascinating. Um, have you ever had anyone go with your team that's of a different culture than um, than you expect and and so have you been able to watch their interaction and and experience it through their eyes um, only once and unfortunately i didn't work with with that particular person as part of my team but the interesting thing that you say in there is that's where my two worlds collide so when you talk about jinn jinn is in the pantheon of, of fairy um it comes under that pantheon mm-hmm. and i my the my uh, research and interest and in, and uh, working around uh, fairy predates the sort of paranormal investigator side of it, and um, I, off the bat I'll say I have probably encountered uh, on a on, on a psychic level more fairies in haunted properties than I have spirits of the dead. Now when this first came about, um, as you could expect, the paranormal community thought it was hilarious to say the least, to Mm. say the least. So I, when I was, I'd I'd started going to spiritual church uh, when I, when I first started with the, with a smaller group and we sat in circle. So we did psychic development, mediumship, et cetera. It's something that I was doing outside, but mediumship had never appealed to me. I didn't really want to talk to the spirits of the dead. 
didn't want to communicate with them. It was something that didn't interest me. But I thought I've got to try, you know, I'm a paranormal investigator now. It's kind of a tool that you can that you can work with. And so when I joined GPS, Ghost Found Paranormal, I was able to go out into locations, big locations, and um, sort of train myself, if you like, use it as a training ground for the mediumship work. And the first time I encountered Faye in a haunted property, um, I was wandering around with a historian and uh, a colleague. There was nobody else in the building. And I said, I don't want you to tell me anything. I've got no details of the building. I want to see what I'm picking up. So it was the, it was the classic anxious early 20s female wringing her hands there was something to do with money they never speak to me but they they give little bits of information I'm a rubbish medium by the way I am literally the shittest medium on the planet um it's uh, it's really bad um anyway I kept being led upwards upstairs in this building and I get kind of a tingly feeling either up or down my body uh depending on where things want me to go and we went up into this attic space I convinced them to crawl up into this attic space with me and instantly in my mind's eye I could see these creatures and I'm sure I know you've seen the labyrinth movie but they were looked like the fire creatures from the labyrinth but they were brown yeah yeah. they were brown so they were that kind of spiky big nose and they were swinging from the rafters and there was there was three three of them (laughs) and I was a bit like what is this you know this is just too too weird so i said out loud i said i'm gonna have to tell you what i'm seeing what i'm picking up because i don't you know i've got to do it i can't not well i just got you know a barrage of you're joking that doesn't you know exactly Uh, they thought it was hilarious absolutely hilarious so I tuned in with these these uh, beings a bit more and they were telling me the activity that they got up to. That, so this place had been converted into a hotel and they were telling me about how they interact with different guests and, you know, they make noises up in the attic and, and whatnot. And so I was relaying this back to the historian who also knew the building very well in a modern sense. And he was like, yeah, that's spot on for the activity they would get here. So I was like, okay, then there's a bit of verification there of what I've seen, but didn't really mention it again. And then every subsequent property that I went to, I would pick up a little bit on the haunting from the spirits of the dead or gin or whatever it was. But the majority were from these different characters from from the Fae. And so I started sort of communicating with them as much as you can because they're tricksters. You know, they're never going to tell you the truth. But one of the things that they Mm -hmm. did definitely tell me was they loved the energy of haunted properties because they could get away with shenanigans. (laughs) And everybody would blame it on the ghosts, you know. Um, One interesting one was a a, a private case that both... uh, Uh, Barry and I were called to and uh, the couple in the house I mean like I say we we were very very we are very tight as a team on what we take on but part of it was that some of the footage that they'd sent us was was a a small smoky black sort of figure um, that was running through the property and they, they actually caught it video footage going down a hallway and slamming doors Um, and that turned out to be Faye 
um, that t- but it was there because there was so much darkness and so much going on that it just became somewhere where they could play and they had freedom and it was you know it suited their their personality and I think the most interesting one and the one that really firmed things up for me was um, but I, I got a phone call from from Barry one afternoon and he said um, he was filming for for a series and he said. Uh, we've got something here. We don't know what it is. And he knows not to tell me anything. And I said, can you send mm-hmm. me a photo of the front door of the property? Nothing more. Don't say anything else. I'll go away and do a bit of remote viewing. And so I meditated on it, got the door in my mind's eye, walked through the door, opened the door. And literally the moment that I, that I walked in, there was this zooming round sort of mass whirling dervish that um, I eventually got to sort of stand still and it was it was ranting at me and I couldn't understand it it was very angry and sort of stomping and waving its arms and um, very contorted it was spiking out there, there was spikes coming out of it and I eventually got it to calm down so I don't understand you I can't hear you and so it gave me images and it gave me an image of um, an orchard from my childhood neighbour. And it showed me a particular tree being cut down and how incredibly upset it was that this tree had been cut down. And so it calmed down enough, um, but that was the basic gist of it. So I thought, oh, God, here we go again. You know, this is a this is a prominent show. And here I am. I'm going to go on the show and, and, and tell Barry that they've got a fairy that's pissed off basically that I thought I've got to do it so I rang him back and I said this is what I've seen this is what it's told me and he said oh let me get back to you and he got back to me he was so excited he said um we've just had verification from the people who own the house you spot on and that for me was just like now I know I I, I kind of know mm-hmm. so in the show you, you kind of told that um that the narrative has to be short in shows but um that the the couple had to cut down a tree in the garden and blah 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 but as it turns out this thing was from france they'd lived in france they had cut down a tree in an orchard and it had followed them from france to their home in devon and that's why i couldn't understand it because it was speaking french <laughs> <laughs> Um, I, I think the most phenomenal thing was uh, a few months after uh, we were out on investigation, we were doing an event and Barry said, oh, you've got to see this. So uh, the psychic medium, uh, Chris Fleming, had drawn a, a picture of uh, because he would picked it up as well. And Barry had also drawn a picture before they'd kind of talked to me about what they thought were, were in the property. And I think... I think, anyway, whichever way around it was, one of them had drawn this spiky creature that was kind of popping in and out of this spiky energy. And the other one had drawn what I'd I'd described when it calmed down was almost a little sort of um, a little French guy from Normandy. So rotund, big nose, that kind of that kind of look. Mm -hmm. And I was like, this is just getting freaky. Um, From there on in, it it almost became that the fairy world had gone you're going to be our ambassador for this now. So I go out and give talks mm-hmm. and, um, and and the community's really coming round, really coming round. That's really yeah. good. But because that I, I remember watching uh, one of the ghost hunting shows in the, in the early 2000s, um, but they went to Ireland 
and it was a, an American show that went to Ireland. And I was like, those aren't ghosts. Yeah. <laughs> like, Morgan and I were mm -mm, not ghosts. Nope. And there was one place where their um, infrared cameras caught a face that just sort of shot into frame and out. And everybody in the room, we were all like, we've seen mm -hmm. that face. That is not, it's time for y'all to leave. You need to go. Yeah. <laughs> That's their house. That's that's a ruined castle. That's where they live. You just you just just get out. Yeah. <laughs> a, we're terrible. We talk to the television sets. <laughs> so when it starts talking uh, back that you've got to worry. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> then it's then yeah. it's bad. But yeah, yeah. I think when you're when you're dealing with places that are haunted, you don't necessarily know there's there's more than just yes. ghosts or what we call yeah. ghosts there's more than just dead people's yeah. spirits um and and you just i i like and it's not always just demons no either. i mean that's <laughs> that's the other thing it's supposed to yeah. be you know i mean that that's a bugbear of mine where everything that's not quantifiable as human it's a demon everything's a demon but it's like the de demonics are as rare as the realm of angelics for interaction i think you know mm -hmm. i don't th there's things that butt up to the malevolence and the evil and things that butt up to the to the beautiful and the light but i think when you get to those demonics it's like really are you sure they're not following you around if you're finding them that often you know not making reference to any tv program or anything but um <laughs> <laughs> there are particular characters on on telly that do profess everything mm -hmm. And I do wonder whether they have an entourage themselves that just rock up with them. Yeah. Well, maybe they have yeah. a deal. You know, maybe they were conjured and the deal was, all right, you make a lot of noise <laughs> and uh, be all weird. And then, you know, let me just, you know, disperse you. Okay. <laughs> you don't have to actually leave. You just leave the property where we are and then, you know, go back home and do yeah. whatever. And then we'll then we'll drag you out again, and it'll be cool. Yeah, I, I, of course, you know my brain is like, well, that's how all of it works. They've called yeah. them up, so they just, you know, do 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 do, go out wherever they're told, do do do, cause problems, and then they get called, and yeah, it'd be a good it novel. Would. It would. Maybe, yeah, definitely, definitely. Hmm. But there is, some, there is some strange investigators out there. Fortunately, though, fortunately, like I say, the, the tide is changing. And that's that's why I started the podcast. And then I dragged Neil on board with that. So one of the things that I, I felt that I needed to do was to uh, give information out to the community that, you know, not everything is, is straightforward. And when you're dealing with any of these sort of astral ethereal realms that nothing is quantifiable nothing's what it seems nothing's going to give you straight answers you know they're not there for our bidding they're not there for um, our entertainment you know it's caution and careful and the the way i mean you know this the way you deal with fae is very very different to the way you you deal with malevolent spirits of the dead or demonics you know things if you go in and in, in try and exercise fairies they kind of just laugh you know, it's like, what, what are you doing with your silly cross? You know, <laughs> yeah, we don't care yeah. about that. <laughs> kind of pre it's not in our exactly. contract. <laughs> it's just, 
you know, they're, they're like the striking actors. Uh, is that nope. in the contract? Nope. Okay. We're not going to, not going to care yeah. about that. You got to do something else. Yeah, I, I, I do. I, I do understand that. And, and I love that you're looking at a much wider perspective and bringing a wider perspective. I remember when we talked before you had said that, you know, everyone expects things to be yes. ghosts in in the UK and in America we have all yeah. the things you know <laughs> we have the fae we have gin we have ghosts we have ufos we have more ufos we have aliens we have aliens that are actually fairies and fairies that are actually aliens and we have you know atlantis and lemuria and all the things it's kind of like the endless you know lunch buffet eat all you yeah. can and it's and they're all in there in the little little hotel pans and you just scoop up some Lemuria and go to Mount Shasta and get some angelic beings and throw it all together and that is one thing that I think is both cool and horrific about the United States um, because when you're when you're a country made up pretty much of immigrants then everybody brings their crap with them, you know, yeah. the good crap and the bad crap. And, and there was the crap that already belonged to the people that we stole the damned country from. Yes. And they were all different cultures. So they had different kinds of psychic stuff. They had different beings all living here. So yeah, you can, you can encounter just about anything yeah. here. And so my answer is always nobody knows actually anything really. No, I think I, it's the case you know. of the, the more the more you think you know, the more you you kind of do your research, you tap into it, the less you know, and actually the happier you get with the less you know because it's like I don't want answers anymore. You know, it's just it just keeps going and unraveling, and there's no answers. It's just you just keep going and going and going, and and the curiosity just overtakes any want for any answers mm -hmm. anymore it's like is, is the life after death who knows but let's keep going because this phenomenon is happening and that phenomenon is happening why why you know i think the the, the answer is mm -hmm. why isn't it i think that's the answer yeah 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 and i think it's it's really fascinating when you have a small area that has multiple things happening at any given moment yeah and if you if you look at it over a long period of time you notice that there's a cyclical yes. nature to it. Why? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Again, it's like, is it is it sunspots? Is it geomagnetic activity? Is it quartz in the crust of the earth? Is it running water? Is it, you know, and then, then you just go and go and go. So it, it, to me, it's just fascinating and I can't stop theorizing and and looking at data and and going well that's a lot of instances of anything in one small area why yeah, is that definitely i mean you put chuck into play you know when you get really out there with theories of is it us projecting it on there you know is is it a consciousness mm -hmm. just projecting it on because you've had one or two incidents or you know there's been folk folklore tales on that do we then imbue that and and make it into a tulpa or an egg egregore where we're actually charging an area with these individual mm -hmm. sentient sentient beings it's just it is mind-blowing and i think 
for me, people who are set in their, this is how it is. And, and, and I love it when somebody goes, actually, you might be wrong about that. Have you come across this theory? I just go, poof, that's brilliant, you know, and, and where that kind of takes yeah. you. Yeah. Yeah. Should I? So. Go on. No, no, no. Go ahead. It. <laughs> okay. Well, I was going to ask you, um, we did talk a little bit about this before, but uh, I'm writing a book about generally small lights yeah. closer to the ground, but also lights in the sky. Um, just weird light phenomena. Like uh, we have we have instances of what looks like fluorescent yes. tubes being carried through a forest. So it's a rod, but it's a mm -hmm. light, but it has a beginning and an mm -hmm. end, you know, but there's nothing to be the beginning or the yeah. end, you know? So it's just a light just, you know, floating around in the woods. You had an interesting idea of what some of that was. Go ahead and, and give me what you think. Have you seen them? You know, bizarrely woods? enough, I, I, I don't know whether you saw my post yesterday, but, um, and uh, not last not last night the night before was it last night the night before we actually saw a sky rod uh there was two of us w witnessed Ooh. it and it was huge but it was in the sky it was absolutely huge and up and down the country people have been responding saying i saw it or my husband saw it and it was just just as you described a light rod and it had and at uh, you know no, uh, no ends um i have had an experience I think I was talking to you about the experience that I'd had as a child. Um, so on the outskirts of Sherwood Forest, there, is, there was a small um, graveyard. And, um, you know, it would, summertime we would see the odd one of these things and it would, it would be about the size of a, a football and it would kind of go up into the air and then whiz around and boof, it, it, would, it would go. And in my mind, I, I just thought it's a natural phenomena um you know that there are bodies decomposing there is there is possibly running water under under there which the, the, there is um and it's causing gases to build up that are being dispersed on the on the surface because of the summer that you've got static electricity and they're being ignited and off they go um and it wasn't until i was um an older teenager that was sat in the car park next to it and i was telling a group of friends in the car saying yeah, I haven't seen him for years, you know, and describing these lights. <laughs> and they were looking at me like, what? what? You know, they, they were really spooked. And I, I suddenly realised this wasn't a natural or, or, or a well-documented or seen phenomena. Um, and I, I suddenly went, I, I don't know what that is. What, what, I don't know what I've, I've been experiencing. And it did make me question you know whether it was whether my theory about you know the gases and, and whatever you because then I suddenly thought scientifically is that even possible you know because a lot of the a lot of the bodies in there would have been fairly old long yeah. done yeah 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 and that doesn't I guess it's ghosts of gases past I, I don't <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah something like that and it's interesting i was just talking with someone who's from kentucky and uh he he lived on a very f out in the rural area and on a piece of land that his family has owned for you know like close to 100 years 
And of course, there are these small family graveyards scattered over the property. And he said, you know, we'd see lights come up and, you know, move around. And our parents always said, oh, that's just so-and-so coming back to check on the land and to check on everyone here. And he said, and then we'd have, um, when we had our funerals, when someone had died, it was always in the house. And they would tell us if we saw lights by the window, that was the angels coming to take the spirit of the dead person. And I, I was thrilled because, of course, I knew all of those customs. But, you know, what's interesting is that's basically what's said in Jamaica when they lay out their dead and then there are lights that are seen outside of a house while the wake is going on and while people are sitting up with the dead at a, at a, at a vigil, that those are the angels. And I had just read that and I was like, Kentucky, yeah. Jamaica. <laughs> okay. That's wow. Um, yeah. So I, and then, you know, you're, oh that's just gas that's yeah just, I, and then suddenly you're like wait yeah. when your friends go it's yeah. a what <laughs> interest <laughs> you saw it, huh it, interesting you're talking about it occurring in the house so um uh, the house the, the second house that i grew, grew up in um as an older child uh the the house that that was next door so it's two houses together um were mirror image of each other mm -hmm. and um I mean, my mum still lives in, in that property and it's it's always had an odd feel. It's always had, yeah, just, a, but the whole street is um, a, is a, a street that they would, uh, th there's an abbey uh, that, that, that sits way over the top of the street, but um, there is reportedly a place where they hung monks that, that that's on that line. So the whole street's got a weird feel, but I used to babysit for the for the children next door and um, I was uh, accused of smoking in the house. I mean, I was a smoker, but I didn't smoke in the house. Um, and it wasn't until they experienced the smell of cigarette smoke in the house when I hadn't been anywhere near that they realised that there was something odd. Um, the uh, couple who lived there, the, the gentleman had lived there as a child himself. We were sat around one evening, we, we were talking about ghost stories because they'd brought up the whole smoking thing again and said, we realised it wasn't you. And then he proceeded to tell this story about how he was a child and he thought this was absolutely normal, that an orb would appear in the house that was solid, that him and his brother or his sister, I can't remember which, on the, the landing of the stairs would get books and play almost table tennis with this orb and they would like bat it backwards and forwards now that's strange enough i mean that that's just weird it's it's out of the realms weird yeah until yeah. Um, my brother had a bedroom that was a mirror image of his bedroom when he was a child and my brother confessed to seeing orbs in his bedroom that terrified him absolutely terrified him mm. so it was a bit one of those nights where we we're all going this is not good. Oh, yeah. my. That is, yeah. But, 
physical big... orbs though just even the thought of that now as a paranormal investigator of the of having physicality that they don't disperse on on contact that just that's mm-hmm. mind-blowing to me yeah that's that wow i'm just imagining whacking it back and forth with books it's like i would never even as a kid i wouldn't have tried that it would have been like oh hell no (laughs) there's there's a book that i i just read um what's it called alien energy and it's by andrew collins and Mm -hmm. someone else um it's really interesting it has all kinds of stuff about wilhelm reich and orgone and and all of that but there's this story from the philippines that he relates of this young man who these orbs had been being seen these fireballs so they looked like they didn't look like literal fireballs but they glowed they were very luminous and they did have a fiery look to them but you know they bounced around and hovered and you know did all the things and he didn't believe it right so all of his all of his people in his village were talking about it and he's like eh, nah well he comes face to face with one and it basically hovers you know near him about you know 10 feet away and he's looking at it and he felt like it was looking at him and I believe the sentence was with his youthful, whimsical energy, he pulled out a cigarette and dashed forward to light the cigarette on it, which happened. It lit, but he also touched it and it wasn't hot. It was cold. And that freaked him out. And he jumped mm-hmm. back and s- sort of stared at it, s- looked at his hand, and then, and then ran off. You know, first off, I, I, why would you touch a thing? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's like the books. You know, why would you hit it with a book and then just play with it? Yeah. Like, you know, it's your bouncy ball. And this guy, you know, lit a cigarette on it. So it, it had properties of fire, and yet it was cold. I mean, that. And that was when his brain no, went, no, no, no. okay, physics does yeah. not, yeah, that's, yeah, I gotta go. I mean, that, that's interesting because when you, when you read about um, objects that are, are ported objects, so that, that, you know, they drop out of nowhere, um, they are reported to either be very, very cold or very, very hot. So maybe it's, it's mm-hmm. you, you know, the, there may be something to do with the shift in, in coming in and out of dimensions, or it could be, it was a, you know, that particular orb had a sentience and thought, well, he's coming for his cigarette to be lit. I'll, I'll light a cigarette for him. And then, you know, switched so it didn't burn uh-huh. him. Like, mm-hmm. it, 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 yeah, exactly. It it was it was messing with yeah. his mind. It was like, isn't this funny? Ha, ha, oh, ha. Right. Oh, look at him. He's running. <laughs> <laughs> He figured it out. <laughs> or it could have just been like really friendly and really polite. And oh, he needs a light. Give him a light. Then I'm not going to burn him. So I'm going to go cold. And then seeing him run off going, come back. <laughs> Wait, I was trying to be nice. <laughs> and he's like, uh-uh, no, I'm done now. Yeah, that's that's like, I think, in the introduction of that book. It, it, both myself and, and a friend who's who's reading it now, we keep coming back to that, you know. 
running in and lighting a cigarette. Morgana is like, oh, hell no, I would never do that. It's Jeez. either bravery, stupidity, uh, or curiosity, or a combination of the of the three, isn't it? I think it's all of it. I think it's all all at yeah. all at once. It's just it's just crazy. I love it. Now you were it. talking about words. Um, you could the, there are things that you can't find words for. That's probably one of them, isn't it? When it's a combination of bravery, stupidity, and curiosity, there's got to be a word out there for yeah. for, for that. Yeah, it's interesting to talk- audacious is yeah. close. But not, not quite. quite. Not quite. It's interesting talking about orbs, though, because it's it's a real hot topic bone of contention over here in, in the UK, um, in the paranormal community. It's, um, it's pretty much like all experiences are, um, are dismissed. Um, mm-hmm. and, and especially photography. I mean, photography and film have not added positively to the mix um, in terms mm-hmm. of being able to be debunked as, as water droplets or dust or whatever. So basically now, if, if, you, if you investigate a case of orbs or even a photo of orbs and in, you, know, you, you go, it's almost like people don't want to know because it's got this stigma to it now. So we're not investigating mm-hmm. uh, people's experiences. And I've always said, if somebody sends me a photo and said, could you give me your opinion on this? I always say, were you there at a time or was it um, was it like a door cam? Um, did mm. you see it with your own eyes? And what kind mm-hmm. of feeling did you have at the time? Because for me, if something's not seen with their with their eyes and it was just taking a snap and it appeared in the snap for me the experiences that i've had that i've talked to people about that um are, are documented orbs can be seen they're not they don't they can mm-hmm. be seen f- physically with the eyes um mm-hmm. those kind of things are not being investigated in the uk as far as i'm aware from the ghost hunting community i mean they probably are from the alien uh UAP community. Yeah, the yeah, UFO yeah, yeah. people. Because, it, it, you know, um, I, I, yeah, I suppose it is an unidentified flying object, isn't it? So it fits into that genre. But mm-hmm. ghost hunters just won't touch it with a barge pole. And it's, it's a shame. That's, that's, see, I, a large chunk of what I've seen has been little orb yeah. guys. I started seeing them in the 1990s. Um, it was a group of my friends. So we would see them in multiple locations and everybody had slightly different experiences with what we Mm -hmm. were seeing. Um, But orbs were kind of a constant and we never thought to take a photograph of it. A, because you have to have a camera, you have to have Mm -hmm. film, you have to have it on you. And we weren't carrying, you know, cameras around with us. And we honestly did not believe it would photograph. Our theory was was that it was some kind of psychic phenomena mm-hmm. that we were picking up on and that it would never photograph. Yeah. Because I remember talking with people and them going, did you ever try to photograph it? And I'm like, no, <laughs> you know. Uh, but a couple of years ago, mm-hmm. I did. Um, it started with me going, hey, I wonder if I can see it through my phone yeah. camera. So, you know, pop smartphone in front of me and watch and I see a blue one. Yeah, I see a blue one through there. Oh, that means there's really light mm-hmm. there. Oh, 
you know, but the thing is, is if I had photographed that one and showed it to people, they'd be like, <sighs> yeah, that's just a piece of dust on your lens. Yeah. And what's interesting is myself and a few other people who've seen them regularly in certain places have all said that it doesn't photograph yeah. the same. It doesn't look, it doesn't have yep. the color. The color isn't as bright or everything yeah. looks white. But there was one time that I did photograph something and I did keep it and I don't show it to the entire world, A, because it proves mm -hmm. nothing to anybody. It proves something to me though that I was actually watching what I was yeah. watching. And it caught the color just not as mm -hmm. brightly. And it gives, to me, size and dimension. Um, but, yeah, I, I also hold on to that and go, uh, I'm going to keep it, but I'm not going to show it to the entire universe because I don't want to, you know, make whatever made that mad. Uh, because, you know, it's in my backyard up the hill yeah. in the woods. So I'm not going to you know, irritate whatever is there. So it's really interesting, though, that here in the United States, it's mostly people who either are really into all high strangeness and investigate all of it, or it's people who investigate UAP, UAPs, yeah. UFOs, yeah. That, that go into the orbs. And in fact, I've had two ghost hunters who have been like oh, orbs i saw these green orbs and and it was so scary and i'm like ah, i see that all the time <laughs> <laughs> like they don't scare me anymore they scare me when they come into yeah. the house and you know start hovering around in my house i don't necessarily like that but yeah it's really interesting it is not part of the ghost hunting mm. phenomena but i also have three ghost hunters who have said I saw it with my yeah. own eyes, you know, uh, one of whom said this blue orb just, just buzzed her head, you know, it just came flying right at her and then went right over her That's head. just reminded me actually of a, um, an encounter that I had and I completely forgot about it. When uh, very beginning of, of um, ghost hunting, I'd gone into uh, an old property. It's a property that I, I worked in. Um, I was a teacher at the time, so it's a very old sort of Edwardian house uh, that, that made up part of the school. And um, I'd gone, uh, there was four of us, and I, we were stood on the, the top, which was reportedly very haunted. And I was stood in the doorway. I had a friend smack bang in front of me who was filming myself and two, two other people. And it was very, very quick, but I felt... Um, like my heart squeezed that's the only way I could I could um describe it like it just it went and I staggered back into a doorway and then I had massive palpitations and the guy who was filming it said as I staggered back oh my god and we went to review the footage and two light anomalies had come down the corridor you turned and smacked into my chest and the first the first oh. one was the large one that had kind of knocked me back. And then the second one that came in uh, was when, obviously, when I'd started feeling those palpitations. Um, 
so yeah, that that was that was incredible, and he he caught the footage of of that actually happening um, at the time. But I mean, I was so wet behind the ears with all those kind of things. I didn't know whether it was me in this situation being nervous that I'd kind of I was having some kind of low level panic attack or whatever. But when I saw the footage, I was like, right, I'm, I'm getting out of here, and I'm never working in this building again. <laughs> <laughs> but we we did we did yeah, we did yeah. go back that was a phenomenal building we went back quite a few times the head, the head teacher at the time she was brilliant because we we used to give it was a, a charity school so we used to give a donation um and then the rest of the staffing team found out and I was banned I was banned from doing it they were mm. absolutely petrified so yeah it was a shame it was a shame but yeah I mean yeah that is it sad. is I mean the orb thing as well um as we're talking I think because I've got it in my mindset that we don't in uh, the, the British paranormal community don't talk about orbs that I kind of don't register those things anymore. So as, as kind of a plethora of tales. But um, as I was writing the wall, going back to the uh, Wally Snops book, um, when I was interviewing people um, and you can see on my channel this happening, there was a period of time when I was getting lots of anomalies in front of the camera which you know you can put down to to dust or to you know little flies mm -hmm. um i mean they were fascinating absolutely fascinating but one of um one of the differences were, was every now and again I, you can see me track it every now and again i get one off in the corner that would be like glitter like that it's very small glitter um going through golds and whites and blues and then you'd see it sort of coming across the screen and uh, whoever I was interviewing would be going, oh, what was that? <laughs> you know, and it, or Neil would go, there's another one, you know, and I'd be like, I know, it's crazy. <laughs> um, so, yeah, if, if anybody wants to, and I started, people started clocking them and in the comments and saying, oh, it was, you know, five minutes 32, you got a really good one, go across your screen. They don't happen anymore. I'm absolutely gutted. They don't, they've not happened for a long no. time. So I think it might have been the gnomes. Well, that could be, could be. Now they're yeah, done with you. They're done. They're done. Uh, so no more sparkles. <laughs> they've discarded <laughs> me. <laughs> uh, they'll come back most I'm likely. I'm sure they will. I'm sure they will. We've got, we, we've got a Woolerton's meeting. So I don't know whether Neil spoke about the fact that we'd actually met and done an investigation. Preliminary, I can't say that word, preliminary. No, can't say. <laughs> um, at Woolerton, so myself, uh, Neil uh, Rushton, Joe Hickey Hall met um, earlier on this year to to go in and check out the landscape and and for them to get a, bit, a, a much more intimate feel of the landscape. And we're meeting up on the anniversary in September. So, I'm, oh, and there's nice. there's a growing crowd of people who are who are becoming involved in that, um, which is brilliant. So I'm kind of hoping the gnomes check in you know around about that time and, mm -hmm. and say hi we're still here and you know that'd be nice yeah it would <laughs> it would be great so how can we can we in the united states get your book at the and if we can so where? at the, at the moment um it was such a rushed job i it, it went to the publishers they asked me what my expected date the publication was I didn't know anything so I kind of wanted it yesterday um, and I rushed I rushed them through it 
I really pushed it, uh, to get it out for summer solstice. I got it in my mind that I wanted it out for the solstice. Um, so uh, because of that, the, it, it being registered under the British National Library system um, has it's been taking some time so it hasn't landed on the doorstep of big giants like amazon so okay. at the moment it's direct from me just a quick message on on facebook you can find me uh, kate ray on on facebook um but it will be coming it will be coming hopefully within the next sort of couple of months it'll be available everywhere sort of you know wherever books can be available that's excellent uh, well, I'll, I'll definitely send you a message because I, first off, I love the title. I know that it's a ridiculous title, but the, again, I was charmed by the flying cars immediately. So of course I'm going to like oh, that bless title. You. Listen, I will send uh, you a copy because I will be super interested to, um, to, to get your take on um, whether you go, oh yeah, that's, that's possible. That's feasible. It would be really interesting. Okay. That, that would be great. I'd love to read it. Um, and uh, I'll definitely, definitely, you know, do a, a uh, review when oh, it comes out you. on Amazon so that because I, I try to do that for everybody whose whose books are really good. Um, anything else you want to talk about? Tell people about your uh, podcast? on yep. YouTube. So uh, as I've said, that's predominantly, that was set up for um, the, the paranormal ghost hunting community, looking at what are fairies, what are fae. It kind of, gr it's grown out of that and grown back in. It's kind of morphed in and out. Um, I So I, I sit down with, uh, with people like yourself um, and people from, from a plethora of backgrounds and interests to, uh, to try and unpick that terminology and how it fits in and I've been very very blessed over the last uh, two and a half I think it might be three years now coming up um, with I've had fine artists I've had um, high Wiccan priests I've had uh, well-known psychic mediums literally I whoever I've asked have said yes to much to my shock you know it's not a, it's not a big channel um, and I, I did a happy dance when I got to my first hundred and, you know, that, that kind of thing. It was never set up to be a, a commercial endeavor. Um, I mean, me and Neil love it. We love it. it, it um, we get to talk to some brilliant people and, and that's, you know, that's yeah, enough. I can yeah. imagine. Yeah. So, so that's, that's um, the podcast that's Hair in the Hawthorne. Um, yeah. Um, like I say, I write for Haunted Magazine. That's over in the States now. You can you can pick a copy of that up. And I think you can get your, your uh, back copies. Um, that's really interesting. And it's gone from being very British-centred and very uh, just haunted-centred um, into being very accepting. The guys at the magazine, when I first started writing, I, I played it safe with them. And I, I, and I wrote them a, an article about... Um, the use of technology is it useful in, in ghost hunting whatever you which was it was quite safe for me but whenever i've said uh right guys i've got a bit of a strange one i want to do it on fairies or i want to do it on you know can you include witchcraft in ghost hunting or you know herbs in ghost hunting or whatever they're just like yeah bring it on you know so it's it's definitely got a, a breadth to it now that um and it's looking superb these days it's it's very slick slick magazine it's brilliant brilliant nice. writers some brilliant writers 
Um, so continue, I'm continuing to do that. I've got to sit down at some stage and do the um, the next book. The, 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 got to face that hinky energy. I think that might be a few more months. Um, a few com- I've got a few conferences coming up, me, me and Neil, in the UK. Um, and that's it. And that'll take us probably up to the end of the year. <laughs> yeah, we're we're almost to we're the hurtling. end of the year, which you know, hurtling. I I feel like I feel like did did we have a whole like year back there? Did we did we did, it was just it was, January, it was right? Two months maximum. <laughs> That's all we've had of this year. Surely, it's too, I mean, I, I don't yeah. know what the, whether you're having weird weather over there, but in the UK, we oh, we are yes. literally autumn. We have been autumn since the end of May. We had one week of summer. And then we're, 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 it's been autumn. It's like Narnia, but autumn. That, 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 oh, that's geez. how it feels right now. Well, I think we have all of your summer and all of other people's summer, and it's all piled on oh, top. Dear. Because we have a heat dome that's just sitting over the middle part of the United States, just going, you like it hot down there? <laughs> it's not hot enough, is it? <laughs> We're going to make it hotter. And, and I'm sitting here no. going, no, please. My people are all from places that are cold. Why are you doing this to me? So, yeah. So um, we, we, I think we Yeah, we your, can blame you then. We're, we're, we're coming after you. We're coming after you. You stole yeah. our summer. <laughs> <laughs> well, maybe next year you'll get our summer and, and then you'll be like, okay, okay. You know what? We would die. Let's give it we to would, Siberia. Yeah, we, we, if, if I tell you what, the British are brilliant at it. It's like anything over 25 degrees in this country and we're all dying. And our, our news will literally put up headlines of heat wave deaths ensuing, you know, and things like that. And it's like 25 mm-hmm. degrees, we get 25 to 30 degrees every year. But every year it's like, stay out of the sun, you know, and, and it's crazy. Yeah. It's crazy. And you guys... Yeah. See, that's you guys where, get like, yeah, that's where most of my people yeah. are from. So I'm like, <laughs> uh, too. Pleasure. All right. Well, geez, thanks. I had so Me much too. fun. And you're welcome to come back anytime. Um, if you ever, you know, have an idea for something you want to spread out amongst the Americans, let me know and, and I'll book Perfect, you right thank in. You. All right. Thanks. Well, that's all for this week's episode of the Six Degrees of John Keel podcast. If you have any questions or thoughts about the podcast or would like to come and talk about your experiences of the paranormal, you can contact us at 6djk67 at gmail.com. We promise to even answer you, and we are always happy to hear from you. Thank you. (laughs) 